this podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Hello ladies, gentlemen and everybody inside and outside of the gender spectrum and welcome back to Stardom Quest, the best weekly stardom podcast anywhere in the world. I am as always Alex and I'm joined by Dylan. Hi Dylan. Hello Alex and hello everybody. If you are watching this or listening to this rather on the day it comes out, it's my birthday. So uh, wish me a happy birthday or else you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it'll, I think it actually might be mine when we next record. Do you know that? Oh damn! So, oh, that's dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we got these wonderful shows. Your <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, birthday gift is uh, we have lots to talk about, so let's just get straight into the action. Indeed. So, uh, the only bit of news that I can think of that's relevant is that uh, Natsupoi officially signed with Stardom, so you know they'll probably finally should be there full time, and she'll get a push, which obviously we saw start of during the Corkin show. Uh, the other bit we want to touch on is that uh, the excellent uh, one two 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 Dragon Moon recently translated some of the uh, things that Rossi said in the Stardom official guidebook. Um, so there's a lot of interesting little tidbits here about some of the talents. So let's just go over it. Um, the Mayu Iwatani piece was like very short and sweet. It was like, yeah, she's still our icon. She lost the belt, but she's still cool. Um, which that's how they view Mayu. She will always be there. She will always kind of be the icon, uh, even if she's not winning titles nowadays. Like she's she's kind of established to the point that nothing will hurt her. Kind of like when John Cena was putting people over, it just didn't matter because he's he's John Cena, you know. So she's reached that yeah, level ain't, now. Ain't nobody gonna be the next John Cena, and it's just like he's just gonna vibe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I it a lot of it's often referred to as like a new game plus type. Um, where it's like, oh, they're just doing side quests at this point. They're just fucking around doing whatever they want. Um, and it's it's weird to see her more so in that role. And it's she's going to be more in that role after this whole uh, Tam thing ends. But it's it's sort of fun because I feel like she's having a lot of fun with it. And she's been, you know, she's been doing a really good job with uh, making stars the best that could be. She has, and she's definitely, uh, she's definitely in bringing everybody else up with her um with her performances um the other person that uh got a bit of a talking there was tamna kano so he kind of said that uh she parted ways with mayu and she took off with the cosmic angels and now she's kind of ready to lead her own faction which i think it's it's interesting that he specifically uh made mention of tam like there's a lot of talent that he just didn't talk about at all I mean, he went out of his way to say Tam is leading her own faction and she's ready to kind of set sail now on her own adventure. Um, we've seen the signs. Obviously, we've been pointing them out. Like, they really, really like Tam. Tam is definitely factoring into their future in a big way. Um, and definitely him going out of his way to talk about her is another sign that they see a lot in her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much covered it all with Tam. Uh, one thing that I don't know if you're going to mention, but the Momo one uh, sparked my uh, my interest, piqued my yes. interest, rather. Yes, uh, we will get to that one. We will definitely get to okay. that one, because that one okay. will be interesting. Yeah, uh, we can, we can keep, keep going on the road you were going on. So the next person then was uh, Utami Hayashishta, and he was just saying that uh, she, without doubt, represents the future of stardom, and that they've given her a big torch with her getting the red belt on their 10th anniversary, because this is their big year that they're celebrating and they've put their trust in her as their world champion so if you didn't already know it's more clear now Itami is the future of this company she might not be the next Mayu but she is definitely the next like Kairi at the very least or Utami or not Utami sorry Io or something like that like she's going to be a main player for a long time 
Utami is indeed the next Utami. Um, it's really big to see. Uh, I don't know if she can live up to the name of Utami Hayashista, but I think Utami Hayashista has a real chance of doing some good shit. Yeah. I hate you. Yeah, um, the next you too, person bud. then, the next person was uh, Saya Kamatani, and he said that she has more potential than anybody else in Joshi, and that she thinks it will be unleashed this year. So they're definitely going all in with that Sai Kamatani push now, uh, which we'll talk about a bit more later. Um, but they definitely see a lot in her. They see her as a special talent. Um, as we've seen, they give, they've given her shine a lot. Like, I mean, she got to do the Phoenix Splash at the Tokyo Dome. She did the Phoenix Splash at Assemble. Uh, she had that GP run where she got the draw with Himika. Um, like, it, the, the signs have been there. Sai Kamatani is a special talent in their eyes. Um, and this just proves it again. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll comment more on that when we get to the big, mm-hmm. big Saya stuff. But I don't think that they're wrong that Saya is is a serious, like, um, a genuine super rookie to the levels of Utami. Uh, you know, obviously there's there's favorites like there's you know like I I personally prefer um, Ida because Ida's my girl. But I think that you cannot deny that Tall Saya is legitimately a super athlete in every sense of the word like she's insane um and i don't know how much i agree with what's going going at this exact time but i think that she definitely is a star in the making Mm -hmm. um speaking of stars in the making uh mom watanabe he said that she has a bright promising future but it's about time for her to take the next step forward which i think is really interesting um she's kind of faltered now like the the rest of queen's quest have kind of almost overtaken her in importance and she's at this point now where it feels like she needs to do something and they seem to recognize that so i don't know if like she's gonna break away from queen's quest or if she's gonna go back to killer mode um but they definitely seem to realize that she needs to do something to spice up her act um which is interesting to see how they carry that out this year or if they go through with it at all I feel like this is so weird because it's like I feel like Momo. I I always I compare every single wrestler to Sonata, but I think this is a fair comparison in a very specific way. So don't kill me yet, guys. Uh, in that I I think Momo's a better wrestler than Sonata. That's what I'm trying to get at. But um, I think that Momo is in that spot where she is just so naturally good, similar to how Sonata is just naturally fundamentally a good wrestler to the point where it's like why would she do more and why would sonata do more and it's like sonata has done that for so long that it's like oh he's boring now whereas momo is just organically interesting and entertaining in ring but that sort of sense of oh i simply am a am good um has has apparently gotten to the the uh higher ups of stardom not so much the fans I've talked to, because I don't think anybody I've ever, I've talked to, other than maybe you, who are who's a bit more critical of her. Um, we're all, I think everybody else is just you know like she's the goat. Shut up. But other than <laughs> other than like maybe you, I don't think I've heard anybody say that it's like oh she's getting bland because she hasn't really showed up. Because it's like for my money, she showed up more than fucking any wrestler of last year. If she was given the same amount of opportunities that Mayu was she would be wrestler of the year um i'm not expecting her to get the same amount of opportunities mayu did but you get what i mean like i don't think it was a i I think a lot of us believe that momo is not the one who is like faltering um but you know uh, if if they want her to get better then uh, you know and if she gets better i she's gonna be as fucking amazing so i can only hope for her to improve because then she's just the greatest of all time you know what i mean yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that they need mean like they want her to get better. I just think that they see that she needs a fresh coat of paint or something just to bring that last bit out to make her into the star that she can be. Because like the Momo of today is a departure from white belt peak Momo, and I think they want to get back to that, but they don't know how unless she goes on another killing streak. But you like obviously and they're trying to get Julia over and Utami over and Saya Kamatani over, you kind of have like four or five people, you know, knocking down everybody in their way. So I think what they're trying to do is find a different way to get that energy back. 
more so than they want her to get better again because obviously they understand how good she is. She was in the main event of, you know, Edion, but she needs to recapture that energy somehow and they need to help her get that back because they haven't helped her really feel like that powerful, charismatic wrestler in a while because obviously she just didn't do much. And then, you know, once she starts losing most of her big matches, then that aura kind of goes away. So I don't think it's a case if they want her to get better. I think it's a case that they know they need to do something with her to get that last step to her being kind of the major star that she can be. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I feel like that's one of those issues with stardom that they've always had, like, you know, Road or not, you know, uh, going as far back as I've started watching, you know, like 2018, um, probably even before that, that it feels like it's they're unable to make, keep people looking strong at all times. You know, I mean, I, that's just like a wrestling issue in general. Um, like, I think that the only departure from that is AEW, if you don't look at the women's division, because they're pretty decent, I guess. But even so, it's like still there's there's noticeable people who it's like they should be looking better than they are. Uh, I think that that is just a wrestling issue. But I feel like stardom being such a, a small, like tight knit roster, it becomes very, very present and very very noticeable that's like when when jungle's losing um when jungle's losing a lot it's like okay so do we want her to because we have other people in mind above jungle which is it's fine because that's how wrestling works but it's like do we want jungle to just not do anything or do we want her to lose every single big shot she gets but she's getting big shots nonetheless or do we want her to be um just hanging out in the tag division uh and those are the only three three options that stardom really presents um, or at least presented. Now they're bringing in the SWA title. That's what Momo's doing right now. You know, they're they're um, they're shifting. They're they're trying to improve it, and I re- I recognize that and I respect that. But that's always been an issue with Stardom. That's always been a a barrier between like fans and like you know their favorite wrestlers doing well. Because it's like okay, well they have three possibilities, and chances are Julia's already taken up the one that everybody wants. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I, I I think that's just an issue they've always had, or at least they've had for a long, long time. I recognize that they're trying to fix that, but I think that's something that Momo has fallen to, is that it's like, okay, well, she was losing, or she wasn't even losing, she was not on in big matches, she was just, you know, hanging out, uh, wrestling B occasionally, and that was her entire year, and then she started wrestling big matches, but she was losing them, and that's where we're at now. So it's like, do we want her to be on big shows doing big things losing or do we want her to just be you know killing ruaka every show you know what i mean like that's a good match but it's like what do you want and that's the difficulty there yeah it's definitely like i don't envy them and this is this is the one time i'll say it they need to find a way to be more like new japan because new japan somehow is able to keep like five or six people on the verge of a push at once you know what i mean like Oh, I'd uh, say Tanahashi so could get pushed people, at man. any moment. Okada could get a push again at any moment. Uh, if J- when Jay White comes back, he'd be ready to get a push. Uh, when you know, long before Bushi won the G One, he was still simmering away. Like they somehow can keep all of these people feeling like they're ready and feeling like they're stars. Um, and maybe it's because they have a huge roster and they just have everybody lose. To them. Oh yeah, but like stardom needs to find a way to do that as well because that is their one issue where when people aren't just winning matches they tend to feel less important because they they just don't seem to be able to find anything to do for them like jumbo ever since she stopped the winning streak Mm -hmm. thing she hasn't felt like as much of a player and that's because they just were like all right yeah back to you know mid-card stuff back to multi-person tags back to winning undercard matches like she doesn't feel as important as she did the winning streak um and they need to fix that yeah and you you look at it and it's like i was thinking about like you're right because it's like my two favorite or two of my favorite new japan wrestlers are taichi and zack saber jr um yeah i'm gonna get hate hate for that whatever um because everybody hates those two people very specifically uh but anyways like those are my two favorites and it's like the i i can believe taichi being like oh yeah i want to wrestle for that for the fucking ic belt and him just challenging for the IC belt at any given time. Like, it's not unreasonable to think that. Whereas, like, I can't buy Sayaka Matani going for the world championship, which we'll get into later. But you, you know what I mean, where it's like, it's like, it just doesn't feel as, like, it, like it makes sense as much as if 
Taichi showed up and beat Ibushi in a tag match and was like, I want the belt. That would be like, damn, Taichi just fucking like like showed up one day and he really like and he can do that without me thinking that doesn't make any fucking sense. How the fuck does that happen? Uh so that is one thing that you're right about. That's like they do need to uh be smarter with that. Uh and it, it probably is just because of the sheer mass of their rosters to the point where they can have five on five matches where, you know, you know, five, four of them are fodder and the other, you know, six are like matter and none of them look bad. Uh, so it is just that, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that sentiment. Um, yeah. And uh, obviously we got carried away with that discussion. Um, mm-hmm. Back to the, the guidebook. Uh, the next person that they talked about was Siri. And they they were basically saying that the fact that Siri joined Stardom at all is a is a big accolade for the brand, which I mean shows you in itself that they understand how talented Siri is. I mean, obviously they gave her the nickname, they gave her the belt, uh, she drew with Julia. I think they know what they have in their hands with Siri, but it's really cool to see them just be like, yeah, like the fact that she even signed with us says a lot about our brand, which is cool. She is a world class wrestler on a whole nother level brother indeed she is um now onto the one that will piss people off they basically said that julia will be the ace <laughs> hmm. like they were just like yeah so um she's improved and yeah she she deserves to be called the ace of stardom which i probably wouldn't agree with but you know that's where that's what they see her as and obviously if she puts it together to be more consistent in the ring there's no doubt they'll push her as soon as they can and as hard as possible. Um, but they also mentioned that there's a tug of war over DDM's leadership between her and Siri. I haven't really seen this play out all that much. It feels like everybody's kind of friendly, like there is teasing and whatever, but it seems like everybody in DDM is chill with each other. So I don't know where that's coming from, but I guess that's maybe a thing we'll see come to fruition throughout the year where Julia and Siri are kind of battling for the leadership of DDM. It's wild that they point that out, but not with. Um, Queen's Quest, where there literally is a four-way battle for leadership of Queen's Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, it's more of a three-way, and Sayaka Matani is also battling to be better than Utami. So it's like, it, like you get what I mean. That's like it's genuinely they're all like Azumi has the has the keys to the castle. She's the old. She's the longest tenured. You know, Momo is the leader. Utami is the most successful, and Saya is like, oh, I'm gonna beat all y'all in like a couple years just y'all wait so it's like that's a very clear and very present story whereas with ddm it's like oh so it's like they're both very like successful wrestlers so obviously they're they're you know at odds with each other trying to be the best and it's like okay but it's like that's not really even a story you're telling but but we can move on that's just a little nitpick yeah, um, staying on the topic of DDM, they said that uh, Micah and Himika are two of the greatest young talents who will lead Stardom's next generation, uh, which obviously explains why they signed them. Uh, I don't think anybody is unhappy with either. Uh, Micah is obviously a prodigy. She's just excellent from day one. And uh, Jumbo is somebody who has impressed and, you know, I think she could be a big deal. Maybe not on the level of Micah, but I definitely can understand where they're coming from here. Oh yeah, um, I have nothing but good things to say about both Jumbo and Micah. Uh, it, Golden Generation is taking over, brother. Uh, I think that's what they call them. I call them the Kagetsu Generation, but they lumped in Micah and um, Jumbo, and they called it the 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 Golden Generation. So that's that's what we're calling it now, I guess. Uh, absolutely amazing. It is indeed. Um, onto Oedo Tai. Uh, they said that uh, Ueda Tai got a big boost from Konami and B Priestley joining. Um, so I think that kind of they furthers... Didn't. What? They didn't. Well, I mean, technically they did <laughs> since that's when they started winning. But that furthers are uh, some of our points that we've made where uh, Natsuko is definitely... She's the leader, but she's not the most pushed. Like, she you know, makes the decisions, I guess. But Konami and B are kind of the top two of Ueda Tai. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, they, they praised Azumi and Starlight Kid for becoming good high-speed wrestlers and that they're they're going to be stars. Uh, they said Saeeda's power and fighting spirit has finally been awoken and that uh, 
her strength and her power moves have really shown her true worth to the fans, which I think is fair. Ida looks Ida looks incredible. I, I, we're going to talk about that later. Like with her new gear, she's fucking jacked. Like she's definitely oh, yeah. worked on her appearance to the point where she doesn't need to be the pretty girl, but she just looks jacked and it, she comes off like a star. Um, and we'll talk about that a bit more later. Uh, they close out at least the the translated version with uh, praise for the Minami sisters, so Hana and Rina and Hina, um, basically saying that they're they're geniuses and will be at the center of stardom within five years. I'm so excited for that, man! Like I want Hina and Hannon and Rina to hold all of the belts, all of them, like <laughs> that, like because because it's one of those things where it's like, for example, um. I know we're talking about New Japan a lot, and we'll stop in like one second. But Yuya Uemura, uh, I watched his first ever match on a Lions break like four years ago, right? And ever since then, I was like, I want him to succeed. Like, I just saw his first match. He looks pretty decent. Like, he, he's a good, you know, fundamental wrestler. I want him to succeed. So now, watching him fight with Suzuki is so amazing and so, like, just like, like validating and so just. It's one of those. It's one of the best feelings in wrestling to see a wrestler that you saw at their very, 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 very beginning and see them succeed, even though he's getting his ass beat by Suzuki. That's still amazing. So it's like with, with these three, especially especially Hina, because I feel like I I feel like Rina gets a lot of the, the love just because, you know, her relationship with, with Hannah and just, you know, her more just the charismatic aspect of it. I feel like Hina is absolutely incredible as a wrestler. Um the second she wins a belt, I'm just going to feel so just happy. You know what I mean? Because it's just going to be like, I've, I've seen them since they were fucking 10 years old, like fucking doing little judo th- roles and shit, and now they're fucking champions. Like, I'm excited for that. That's, that's totally fair. Um, but yeah, that is the uh, translations. Again, that is uh, at 1222 Dragon Moon. Uh, they do a lot of different translations. They're a great resource for any Joshi fan. Uh, we've gone to them quite a bit for translating. Um, the, the shoe pro interviews and stuff like that and they're just a really cool follow i also have a oh, yeah. thread that you like with the the wrestler moves and the names which is yeah. also pretty cool so yeah get them um, follow must follow uh absolutely like must follow uh, i really like their their move names because it's like i get to i'm like oh that's a cool move name and then you see that unagi's move name is like the longest name of all time for her not very good looking <laughs> spine buster that she does once a year like, like it's like the most complicated name, and she just does a very basic spine buster that doesn't look that good. It's kind of funny, but yeah, uh, must follow them. Uh, great guy, indeed. And uh, with that, let's get on to the review—the thing people are here to actually hear. So, um, this was Stardom's tenth anniversary show. It happened on the seventeenth of January. The entire show was up. Stardom were really good with the uploads. Uh, we were wrong with our uh, prediction. This show did 713 fans, so it was obviously That's we knew it was ton. sold out. But yeah, we thought the venue was more restricted than this. Oh, I was taking a drink. Yeah, that's an absolute ton. Like in comparison to what you would expect. Because uh, like, what was the last week when I was looking at them? It was like Noah was doing like 400, and Ceiling did 400, and I was like, all right, yeah, that's probably around where the venue is if those promotions are doing it but yeah stardom yeah i i predicted like 500 mm-hmm. you know because it's like oh they probably did a few more than say seedling um not too much more but yeah they fucking that was insane i mean the anniversary show is one of those big shows um mm-hmm. that you know is like marketed very specifically that's like oh um it's the anniversary show it's cinderella and it's um year-end climax so those three are usually going to have very big attendances. I didn't expect, given restrictions and given all, everything that's going on, I didn't expect um, them to draw that much. But, you know, I'm happy to see it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's going to be interesting now if they can keep that momentum for, uh, for February. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, on to the card now, though. Uh, the opener was the Future of Stardom title match. Saeeda defended against Unagi Sayaka. Uh, Saeeda debuted some sleek new gear. Uh, it was kind of all green, would you say? It was like different shades of green, though, but it was like really good. Yeah, it, she got the emerald drip, brother. She got that Misawa style. Like, she, like that, oh, I love the new gear. It looks so dope. Um, plus, she is looking jacked as all fucking hell. Um, 
I don't know like what it was. Maybe it was just the, her in the new gear that like when she flexed, I was like this. She can murder anybody. Like the, I, I, I believe that she could kill me in like a second, very easily. And I'm not a small person. Like I'm a like she can just like she can murder anybody. It's quite amazing. Uh yeah. Yeah, she looks fearsome as hell. Like she's definitely like her abs are showing a lot more. I find like I think that adds to the look to the look because obviously people with abs you associate that with strength. Um, so not only are her muscles big, but her abs look really good. And so she just presents this picture of being really strong. And she wrestles to that as well. Like she does a lot of power moves. She does a lot of chops, a lot of strikes. Um, and yeah, like she's she's putting it together to to be, you know, a big part of stardom, which I don't think a lot of people expected. Obviously, a lot of people thought she was good, but there was a ceiling there. But I mean, she could smash right through it if she keeps doing what she's doing. Very easily, very easily. Um, I, I'm I'm beginning in matches like these. Um, uh, like obviously against Unagi. Uh, ring general Ida is what I call her when she is a lot more dominant. Because usually she's the underdog because, you know, obviously she's one of the um, less tenured wrestlers on the roster. So against someone like Momo or against like uh, Julia or Nazumi even, she usually is playing from underneath. Uh, here she, she wrestled on top and I think that's her best strength is just um, being that like just destructive, like just powerhouse babyface is so great and she's so good at it uh she murdered unagi she she lit up her chest i don't know if you saw that, that picture that unagi posted on twitter uh, she lit up her chest the next day it was all red it was disgusting it was oh my she murdered her and it was amazing man uh i really like this match yeah unagi as well was pretty competent like she she looked pretty good i think some of her moves didn't look great, but I mean, as again, she's got such little experience in singles matches that it's a, it's great how competent she's looking. And I mean, this went 12 minutes, which obviously isn't easy to have a 12 minute singles match. I know I couldn't do that, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, ish, you know, it was good, um, but you know she's going to get better. And uh, I think the more singles matches they can get under her belt, the better. Um, but yeah, Unagi looked pretty good. But yeah, Ida, Ida was great in this one. And she really is just an absolute ring general. Like she has good matches with everybody. It's just great to see. Yeah, and I'll I'll take the finishes. Uh, Unagi hit a D'Lo Brown style frog splash that she's been hitting lately. Really good, good looking. I really like that that frog splash. Uh, um, big shout D'Lo. And but she she obviously lost the match to Ida, who won with the Itagon, which is the Ida Rock. Um, it's a diamond dust, if you were unaware. Uh, and that is a great finish. Uh, I remember Mayu sold it like death the first time she hit it, mm-hmm. and it was like, or yeah, the first time she hit it. And ever since, it's like okay, that's that's a fucking finisher. And she has that plus the Brainbuster, which um she said in an interview also translated by Dragon Moon that it was inspired by both um Tomohiro Ishii. And um, Hazuki, uh, even though like she didn't get passed on from Hazuki, she wanted to keep up the the legend of the Brainbuster that Hazuki used in her last year of wrestling. Which, as somebody who is a a big Hazuki Kagetsu, you know, Team Moon, uh, Moonchild guy, that's really just nice to hear. Plus, I like Ishii. Um, Alex, do not say a word about Ishii because you will die. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I I just really liked it after the match. Ida dragged Unagi to her feet. Like she like she yanked her up. She's like, get your ass up, get your ass up. And and then they hug, which I don't really get, but you know, I guess like, you know, baby faces. I was reading the uh the post match comments by uh Ida and she was kinda like, Oh, I wasn't really sure of Unagi when she first challenged. She, you know, she's new. I didn't think she was up for it, but uh Issy Unagi earned her respect in this match, so that's kind of what they were trying to show. It's kind of odd because obviously their two factions are feuding but i suppose they themselves aren't don't hate each other so it makes sense that yeah you know the the story was that unagi uh got her earned her respect you know yeah plus they aren't really building it to anything anymore because the the trios match was scrapped for just singles matches oh yeah um, so i i guess that makes sense too but it, it definitely did feel a bit odd because it's like oh like this is sort of like the biggest blood food feud in the company right now, and they hugged. Uh, but you know, it, who who am I to say anything? It's it shit happens. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, with that, uh, on to the next match then. Uh, Natsupoi beat Konami by DQ. Uh, you didn't get to watch this one. Uh, it, I, it was a good match. I'll give them no, that. I did. Like, oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you agree it was a good to. match? It was fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it did very little for me. Uh, it, it did show that um, Natsupoi, I don't know if you know this, Alex, she knows how to do aerials. <laughs> she did at least 17 of them in this match. Yeah, she doesn't quite like her uh, her flashy stuff. It's literally like just the aerial cartwheel. Every like literally anytime she reverses anything, it's with an aerial. It's kind of fucking hilarious. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm thinking back in my brain of the match, and it's like, oh yeah, she did it there, and then there, and then there, and then there, and then there, and she also did it there, and then she got she she won because of DQ. Uh, so that that's what I I took from this match was that Natsupoi quite good at um aerial cartwheels. Aha, uh-huh, yeah. I spent the entire thing angry that they uh, changed her entrance theme. That too. Her, her theme was like the best in the company. I loved it so much. And now she's just got one that's it's okay. Like her new one is grand, but like to go from one of my favorites to uh okay is a big drop. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty mid in my opinion. It. it is. It it really is. Dude, like, it I, doesn't stand out oh at all. Oh my god. I, I tweeted this, but I need to reiterate. If they change Natsuko's theme, I'm seriously just going to be really upset. Because like that, that's been one of my favorite themes since the jump. Um, if they change I'm that, I'm just, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> shut up. I know that that <laughs> I know that they've been. She hasn't had a lot of singles matches, I guess. So it's like they haven't heard it too much. So I'm hoping that it's just like it stays like that little like beneath the radar. That's like, oh, we did, we forgot to change this one. Like, please don't. Uh, just <laughs> let me enjoy it, and and then I also said it's like if they do change it, I'm stealing it. Uh, I'm using it for the intro to VTG, for the outro, for the intro on this. Show. I'm doing, I'm using it for everything, bro. Because like I that that song is too good to to fucking not use at any point. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, that was um, that match was was okay. Uh, I, I thought like Natsupoi worked well with Konami and kind of Konami did her usual kind of technical stuff and then Natsupoi would fight back and you know it was good. Um, the finish is what it is. Like neither of them should really be taking losses at the moment, so it protects them both. But I'm not going to pat start them on the back too hard here because they simply did not have to book this. So you didn't have to do a bullshit finish if you just didn't book it. But here we are. Um, Moving on to the next match then, uh, the high-speed title match. Azami defended against Kaori Oniyama. It was a good display of high-speed wrestling, if I do say so myself. Yeah, um, I really, I, I loved it. I loved this very specific aspect of it um, that I even wrote it down. Uh, Yuri, um, when Yoniyama when came out, she she did the, the intro and she belted fucking Kaori Oniyama's name out like so like emphatically like more emphatic than like any other announce like any other call that she does I don't know why but it's just like it hit but I was like ooh that that sounded good like she she really she really went out she went all out for for Kaori I kind of I kind of dug it uh also big shout Yuri um she's not cowgirl anymore but she's still ruining my life uh yeah this match was really good uh it wasn't very fast but it, it was good. I mean, like, you know, it, I feel like Azumi matches outside of the May one have a tendency to do that, where it's like she is a fast wrestler and she wrestles fast, but it's not like a fast-paced match, not a high-speed match. Uh, so I feel like she's really, um, instead of she, instead of the Hazuki route, I feel like she's taking the more, uh, how do you say, like the X-Division type route, that's where it's like, Tayo. oh. Her, her influence is very clear from Tayo. Because Tayo wrestled really fast, but often her matches would go a little bit longer than. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Obviously, this one went five minutes though, so it wasn't like super long. But I I get what you mean. Like it wasn't like a fast match like Kazuki did, and like two minute wins and stuff like that. It was more we're wrestling fast, um, which is definitely Tayo's influence. I was gonna say X Division because I'm completely I'm I'm Americanized everything. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of TNA. But yeah, um, where it's it's it is more like a a just a special type of match. It's obviously different from any other given match, but it isn't necessarily like oh, just it's not just lucha like it was for a little bit. Uh, 
like around when um, Mary Apache was around, it was very much just the Lucha belt. Then Hazuki mm-hmm. took it, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to, to defeat you in less than a minute if I can't. And that's that's the entire thing. Uh, Riho held it, and she... Did nothing. Ha- she held it. Uh, and then now with Azumi, she is taking it back to that more like, oh, it's more just like a a, a display of just high-paced, you know, like fun, like just really breakneck type wrestling. And I appreciate it. It was a really good match. Yeah, and um, I think it was an important win. After the match, Azumi was kind of saying like, you know, Yoniyama was, was kind of the main person when I first came to stardom that taught me the ways of high speed. And you know, I could always tell she was taking it easy on me because I was a kid wrestler. But now that I've graduated and I'm a normal wrestler, I wrestled Kyori at her full powers and I beat her. And uh, to her, that means she's the best high speed wrestler in the company. So I thought Azumi added a lot of symbol. Oh, Jesus, uh, s- symbolicism is that the word? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he added a lot. Of I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm not even gonna shit on you because that's a hard word to say. <laughs> like I would have, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, because I was, I, see, I, I was gonna say it, and I was like, is that even the word for it? Is that how it goes? But then I was like, I'm going for it. But yeah, um, yeah. she added a lot of that to the match, which I, which I appreciated because it made the win feel a lot bigger than just, oh yeah, Azumi beat Yoniyama. It was as me going, I've beaten the, the woman who showed me the ways of high speed, who would always go easy on me. And I finally beat her at the peak of her powers, which is pretty cool. Um, after the match then, Natsupoi came out and was like, yo, I want to challenge for the high speed belt to Budokan. Uh, Azumi was like, you're not really qualified. You only just joined. Um, go away. But I assume that is the match. <laughs> like this, They wouldn't set it up and not have it happen. Yeah, I have a, a couple things to say here. One is that uh, I watched this one after the main event, and literally the exact same like back and forth happened here and yes. in the main event, where <laughs> yeah. it's like somebody challenges, and then they're like, "You sure, bud? I don't know about that." And then they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it," and they yell, and they just like are like kind of babies about it. And then the other one's like, "Okay, I guess uh, I'm gonna go," and that that's just the <laughs> that that happened here and in the main event. We get to the main event later. Uh, I do, like, personally, obviously this isn't the story they're trying to tell, but personally, I am really interested because uh, there are three living members, not living members, they're, everybody's still alive, <laughs> um, three remaining members of the Izumi army still in stardom, and that, mm-hmm. is, well, four, if you count Izumi, and that is um, Kyori Oniyama, who she beat here, uh, Natsupoi, and Natsuko. Tora. So, uh, if she defeats Natsupoi, all she has left is Natsuko to complete the trifecta. I want to see her complete the trifecta. I feel like that'd be really, really fun. And just like a little, like, like she can say, oh, like the, I have defeated my entire army. Even though Natsuko was sort of like a kinda, like she was sometimes with the army, but it's like, I, I just think of the army as, as specifically um, Natsuko, Azumi, and Kiori. And because um, Natsupoi left sort of early on, but that's beside the point. I, I think that'd be a really fun little side story. They're obviously not going to tell it, but I, I, I just, you know, I'm a nerd. I like that sort of shit. Okay. I understand. Um, yeah, with that, uh, we're on to the next match. Uh, Tam Nakano beats Starlight Kid in 10 minutes. Uh, the the stardom Twitter account was going crazy for this. They were like, "Oh my God, Starlight Kid has a whole new attitude," and this was such a good match. And like, it, it was good, but um, Starlight Kid wasn't any different than we've seen her lately. Uh, yeah, like it, it was a good match though. Like, I think um, both of them came away looking good, which is always hard to do. But Nakano showed a lot of skill and a lot of poise because she was on top for most of the match, and then like Starlight Kid just wouldn't go down. So, I mean, they both kind of got over in their own way because obviously Tam Nakano is establishing herself as the faction leader of the Cosmic Angels. So she needs wins and she needs to look good. But Starlight Kid also looked good. She showed a lot of defiance. Um, and she had Nakano on the ropes at a few points with her kind of aerial moves and her high flying and stuff like that. So, you know, it wasn't like an excellent match, but it was like really good. And it got like both of them to look better than they did going in, which is always the goal, I think. Um so yeah, it's it's not like it's not what Stardom's Twitter account hyped it up to be, but you know, it was pretty good at what it was at what it needed to do. 
Sonny gets a bit excited sometimes. I didn't get to watch this one yet. Uh, it just came out last night, and I just wasn't able to watch it. So, yeah, I'm sure it was fine because Kid is really, really good, and Tam is not horrible by any means. She's pretty solid herself. Uh, but I imagine that, like, Kid has had better matches, and we were talking about this before. Mm-hmm. Kid's had better matches. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to, to hear that, that Kid walked away still looking good because that was my big like worry about this match is that it's like oh so kid got the rub from tam and now it's just gonna be taken away immediately uh but hearing that she still looked really good is is a good thing to hear indeed um the next match was the only match that i didn't like uh it was the four-way elimination match uh momo watanabe and sayaka matani beat uh himika and siri beat priestley and saki kashima and Mayu Urutani and Raka. Uh, this was a four-way elimination tag match. Four people were legal at all points, and mm. we still got in a way to tie heat segment. Saki Kashima sat on Raka for what felt like five <laughs> minutes, and I was like, I'm oh. going to fucking go Joker. Like, B Priestley and Raka were just doing the forearm spots, and I was like, why is everybody just staring? Do something. They're like, oh my god. <laughs> like, why is there in a way to tie heat segment in a four-way tag match? I'm so happy I didn't watch like this. Stardom? Why does I'm Stardom so happy? Me? So oh. happy I didn't watch this. Yeah, I am not just... going to watch this. Yeah. I well, you know what? You should go do unwatch. Skip until ten minutes in so you can watch Siri and Momo kick each other and um, watch. Okay, that's else. fair. That's fair. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that sounds it, like a it was... like a plan. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Like, uh, it took seven minutes for there to be an elimination. Uh, Sakashima pushed Mayu off the ropes and she fell down and. Got eliminated by the over-the-top rope rules. Then Siri See, I saw submitted. that. I saw that oh, gif yeah. on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, that's enough." Like that. That was enough <laughs> of the match. So I was like, "That's a cool. That's a cool spot." Yes. Go um. Yes. Yeah, so that was followed up. Then uh, Siri submit Saki Kashima, and then uh, it came down to the Queen's Quest team and the Donna Del Mondo team, and Siri and Momo kicked each other a bit, and then Sayaka Matani pulled out the Star Crusher and pinned Himika. Um. So yeah, that was that match. It, I didn't like it that much. The, I don't know why they did in a way to tie heat segment in a match like this. It wasn't good. Taki Kashima, please, please be good again. Uh, be Priestly, go away. That's all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I was thinking about that, because I didn't watch this match, but I did watch the next match, and I was just thinking about it. It's like, Natsuko is so too good for this group. Like it, the, like she is just so much better than what this group is right now. Oh. Yeah, and it's like you know, like I know Konami is like every everybody loves Konami, but it's like even even Konami, I'm just getting really tired. Like it's just like I just I just ain't feeling it anymore. It's like Natsuko's the only one that's still I like am invested in, and even there, it's really hard, which we'll get into in a moment. Yeah, so the, the next match then was the uh, No Rules Wonder of Stardom title match. Uh, Julia defended against Natsuko Tora. Um, obviously, we thought Tora would win. Uh, we were wrong. We underestimated Julia. Um, I, I like this was a good match, I thought. Like it was a, you know, it was a fight. And uh, it, it, you know, Julia's issue is usually filling the time in a match. But in the match like this, she got to fill the time with plunder. And so, you know, it wasn't the worst match in the world. They still did some cool spots. But there's definitely a hard ceiling on matches like this that it didn't clear. Um, so, like, it was good. But it's, like, it didn't do much for either of them. Like, I think Julia came away looking good because obviously she beat Tora in Tora's style of match. But this didn't do a lot for Tora. You know, it it, it didn't bury her you know, or anything. But it just didn't do anything for her. In a shocking twist of irony, performance-wise, Julia benefited a million times more from weapons than Natsuko did. Mm-hmm. Like I think Nat- Natsuko could have had an amazing singles match, like for a white belt, and she has had amazing singles matches for a white belt. Whereas Julia, the weapons made this match good for Julia's mm-hmm. standards. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's just so wild to me. Uh, I, similar to their to their match in the um, Cinderella, I went into this match already annoyed knowing the winner. Uh, <laughs> Just like then, I was like, oh, so Julia's just winning. Okay. And I didn't like the match. I watched it back last week. It's a pretty solid match. I enjoyed it. Um, but that's besides the point. I wasn't, I wasn't hyped when I, when I started this match, because, again, 
Natsuko lost. What the fuck? This is stupid. I'm not. I'm not happy. <laughs> but yes. and it's a big but. They started with the sumo fucking start. Like, and I was like, oh, they did it. Okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Like, I just got, I just immediately got hyped because, and it was such a random thing too. Because, like, I don't know why Julia was like, Julia did it, but she like put both her hands to the mat, and Natsuko's like, oh, like, okay, and then she did it, and they, they, they fucking sumoed, you know, and it was great. Um, yeah, that that was a good start. Uh, the match was fine. Uh, Natsuko is amazing at so many things, but one of the things she isn't amazing at is handling weapons, which is kind of an issue when her entire thing is handling weapons. Uh, I remember she she went for a chair shot, and it just looked horrible. She completely whiffed it. Uh, I, I She couldn't get the, the turnbuckle off. It took her like 40 seconds. Like... For somebody who I love as a wrestler, I think that she is genuinely one of the most unsung talents in professional wrestling. She is amazing. Her entire gimmick, she's not particularly good at, which is so weird. And it's another case well, they of... They don't of, do it that much. That too. That too. But like I, I, I even think about it, it's like, oh, with the chain, which she started doing like every single time, she only got used to it like a month ago. Uh like, it took her a long time to get used to the chain. And she hit the chain every single match for, like, multiple months. And, again, this isn't me shitting on Natsuko. I love Natsuko. But it's, like, I feel like it's it's such a weird uh, direction that it's, like, Natsuko doesn't need weapons. Um, Storytelling-wise, she clearly doesn't really benefit from weapons all that fucking much. Or from no-DQ matches, because she did have the visual, which we'll get into in a second. But, you know, she doesn't benefit. She doesn't win by herself. The only time that she's ever won a no-DQ match was when it become, became a three-on-one match against a dying jungle who had a million injuries. Like, like she just doesn't look good um, in the position that she's in right now. And I'd really like a change. Uh, yeah, do you, do you what, go into the match. Because I, I do have a few things to say about, like, specific spots. But, you know, I've, I've been talking for a while. Um, well, I mean, there was a lot of, like, I think the use of the, the roofing tiles or whatever was really unique. Like, I haven't yeah. seen that before. Um, and there were some incredible-looking spots with those. Like, uh, when when Julia body-slammed Tora onto them, that looked really sore. Um, as you said, there was a few spots that just looked weird where there was a clear miscommunication, especially when the chairs got involved. Like, they didn't seem to know what to do with those chairs. One of them almost broke, and then they kept using it for spots. And I was like, all right, cool. Um... Like, they did their best, and they, they both took some mad bumps, but I mean, as far as, like, no DQ matches go, is your standard plunder kind of match, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't stand out at all, to me, anyway. But I still liked it, you know, I had fun. As I said, Julia often has time putting the filler into matches, um, but using weapons, she kind of gets to get around that, because obviously the weapon spots just fill the time for her. Yeah, um, yeah, I feel similarly. Uh, the the breakaway tiles were so fun. I thought that was like one of the like you know no DQ aspects that I really did like about this match. That I was like, yeah, that that's that's unique. That's fun. It's like interesting. It's good spots. You know all that stuff. Um, leading a bit into the finish, I have a bit of a fancy booking thing to to talk about in this match or about okay. this match about moving forward from this match rather. Ah. Uh, so Natsuko hits the Death Valley bomb, um, the ode to Kagetsu, the ode to the Prime Minister. You know all that. Mm -hmm. You know the the move that she she took out Julia with. She hit for the first time, murdered her with it, and it amazing move. I feel like it's so cool that she's doing that move. I was so upset, um, because I thought Julia kicked out of it, but because I knew that I knew that um I knew that Natsuko obviously uh lost. But so when she hit it, I was like, oh my fuck. God, I'm never gonna forgive Julia for this. <laughs> like, I'm never. It's. I'm just like I want to like Julia, but I'm. I, it's just not gonna happen. Luckily, Shuri fucked it up instead. So that means that Natsuko has a visual pinfall over the white belt champion. Only issue is, is that outside interference prevented it. Uh, obviously, Julia ended up winning with a one of the um fucking glorious bombs or glorious drivers, whatever it's called. Uh, my my uh my smart move, my thinking here is obviously a very far-fetched one, as they always are. I think 
Nasca wins Cinderella, challenges Julia to a cage match. Uh, because it's gonna be in the Budokan. I think the Budokan can hold a cage. Uh, you know, it's a big enough arena for a cage. I think that that would be a a good way to implement a little bit more of the of the gimmick matches in the stardom. Uh, and I think it would be interesting if Natsuko was like, okay, well, I can beat you when it's just me and you beating the shell of each other with weapons. I just couldn't do it because your fucking asshole friend fucked it up well, for hold me. On, so though, because a way to tie had cheated before that. So I mean, okay, well, was paying them back. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I no, had fucked up some stuff before. No, I know, I know. But just, I, I think that that would be, I think the idea of Natsuko being like, I beat you, bro. Like, I, I, I just, I beat you with my move, you know? Like, because, cause, yeah, you're right that Saki pulled out a ref earlier, but it wasn't off of the Glorious Driver. Uh, it was just off of something else. And it's like, Natsuko's like, I beat you with my move, Sure, he fucked it up. So we're gonna be alone in a cage. I'm gonna beat your ass. Uh, obviously, my what I want is just Nasco to stop using weapons entirely, and for a way to tie to be good again. But we all know that's not gonna happen. So I think this would be a fun alternative. You know, a cage match or like a a you know hair versus hair, something interesting. Because like if Nasco just goes back to doing exactly what she was doing two weeks ago, I'm just Oh my god, that's just gonna annoy me. It's just gonna be pointless, and it's gonna be just oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, we we got no real um, we got no real indication of what's to come for for either after this. Like Julia said, she'll defend the uh, the white belt in February, and she was kind of saying like, "Hey, Tora, you don't really need the weapons." So, as I said on Twitter, I was like, "If this leads to some change for Tora, then it definitely did its job." But as it is. It didn't really do much for Tora. Um, and it just kind of built Julia up a bit more, which is obviously their main plan. Um, but yeah, like I I don't know. I thought it was good. I can see why people who are high on Tora are unhappy. Um, and I think your fantasy booking is kind of cool. Like I wouldn't mind seeing them go at it again. But I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see because we've really got no indication of what's next for either, um, which we cannot say for the main event. So with that, uh, the main event was Utami Hayashishta defending the World of Stardom title against Micah. Uh, Utami won after 24 minutes, uh, which seems to be the range all of her title matches are going. And yeah, it was... The consensus is that it was a good match, but not great. Like, I don't think I've seen anybody say it's great. Like, even some of the biggest Stardom fans I know have kind of been like, yeah, it was pretty good, but it wasn't like over four stars or whatever. So the consensus is that it was pretty good. But I think you said this to me, it was missing something. And to me, it felt like they were, it felt like two people who memorized off exactly how to have a great match, an air quotes, great match.